Hello and welcome to the latest episode of And The Winner Is, where we revisit those films that were good enough to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Uh, tonight we discuss the 1970 winner, Midnight Cowboy, directed by John Schlesinger and released on 25th of May 1969 in the US. As ever, I'm joined by my co-host Paul. Evening, mate. Evening. Yep. Right. Our second film for the month. Yep. Looking yep. forward to All this. Good. This should be interesting. Yep. yep. Yeah, so uh, I don't know whether it was for you. This, this is for me, was um, actually more of a first time watch than I realised. I've only ever seen bits and pieces of it over the years. I've never sat down and watched the entire thing. Hmm. No, it was, again, it was a name that I recognised and I don't think I've seen much of it. Uh, and one of my first notes were that I don't know that much of John Voight's work. Um, I know him more as who his daughter is. Than I do as an actor, <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Yeah, so um, so if you jump in with a couple of facts, I suppose um, it was nominated for six Oscars, and all, alongside the picture of one director and also the uh, adapted screenplay to the writer Waldo Salt, which is such a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the budget for it was uh, 3.2 million and he has a guess at how much it took uh, I would say about 23 million uh, and apparently it was 44.8 and of course this is oh. 1970 so so it's going to be sort of probably did quite well back but uh, yeah take that on today sort of figures um, interestingly you know the whole sequence where Hoffman is sort of hobbling around with a limp. Yeah. Uh, apparently kept pebbles in his shoe to sort of ensure his limp was consistent the entire way through the film. <laughs> that That's method and then some, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> all... uh, it's, um, apparently it remains the only X-rated film to win Best Picture, uh, mm. although it, it was re reclassified in, in later years. Um uh, but it's probably only an X because there there are some quite sort of some quite grim and some quite sexual sort of elements to the film. Isn't yeah, um, yeah, definitely. It, it wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> Interestingly, as well, that Harrison Ford apparently screen tested for the role of John Buck. Mm, not really <laughs> a surprise though, when you think about it. Yeah, it's interesting though that because. Um, Hoffman uh, was up for best actor for it, I believe, and because um, they didn't win, um, John Wayne won for True Grit. Because <laughs> there's yeah. a comment about John Wayne <laughs> in, yeah. in the film, I wonder whether, whether that was always going to be in there at that point. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying. I, I can't remember what he was up against. That's why, of course, we, the best picture he was up against um, Anne of the Thousand Days, Butch yeah. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hello, Dolly, and a film called Z or, or Z, as the Americans probably would have said. Yeah. Um, of those, I've seen Butch Cassidy a couple of times of the Adana Hall, so Hello, Dolly, but not the other two. Yeah. Yeah, I would say probably, I think I've probably seen the same two. Mm. I can't yeah. imagine that I'd seen any, either of the others. Yeah, so, so we're right, right, we'll just have a jump in, I suppose, and just chew the, chew the cut a bit on, on what was on the yeah. film. Um, Interesting. I think this is probably is this probably the first United Artists ones we've done. Yes, I believe so. I, I can't remember. I don't recall the logo one. coming up on anything else. No, definitely not. Um, and I like the way that sort of the film sort of it's got. It's like really interesting sound and visual 
hats and stuff right from the off. And you've got that, that whole open sequence of all these different people going about, where's that Joe Buck, etc. And it's sort of yep. hammering you with all these different characters. You're sort of just enforcing the name of what's going to be the character we're following the story through. Yeah, and I did note at that point that those opening scenes are very claustrophobic being stuck on that bus with all those different people. Yeah. Uh, it does yeah. feel very yeah, that, small. That whole sequence, yeah. And, and of course, we'll, we'll touch on that again at the end. Is the, there's very yeah. much of a bookend feel with that as we see at the end yeah. of the film. Um, and of course, we get that that <laughs> that earworm of an iconic song as well from Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, um, such a great song as well. It is one you can easily just sort of sing to yourself quite. <laughs> sort of song, actually, it? it's a really great soundtrack throughout this as well. Mm. Um, there's some some other great tracks throughout as well. I believe Barry wasn't credited, was he? I don't think. No, he sort of sang, supervised it or something. I said I yeah. remember seeing about it, um, which is unusual. Yeah, but, I suppose it, the, the, but there is quite a mixture of different music styles going on in there, isn't there? So it's all yeah. almost like sort of di- directing the music effectively. That was the feel I got from it. Uh, and we get that, that that great name, all the salt, all the salt comes up in the credits. It's such a great yeah. Okay. Not a writer I'm familiar with for anything else. I need to and read back a bit more. Uh, so what we're talking on the on the um, the bus journey, I did scribble down a little note about the world's largest hot dog on one of those stands. Yeah. It's funny. How big is it that he gets a sign like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my note about about the bus is the poor nun being on there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. um, earlier in these opening scenes, we get the first sort of um, flashback elements. And, and you think, yeah. oh, okay, I wonder where this is going. And of course, as the film progresses... They become more important, important just to give us some some sort of more background to Joe. Um, yeah, and, and in fact, it comes to a head in quite shocking detail towards. The, uh, I did also know on the bus as well that somebody's reading a Wonder Woman comic, which is quite cool. <laughs> that was sort of thing we'd notice. Until 69, so that's quite yeah. an old incarnation. Isn't it? Yeah. I say, yeah, so we get a few more of those flashbacks and we get we go all the way across the Midwest. It's really nicely done to sort of... And it's unusual. It's very, not very often we, we see characters going back to the East. They're very yeah. often heading sort of West, aren't they, in these films? Yeah. LA or... Yeah. And it's... Uh, we, uh, get, we get some proper old-school New York throughout this as well, which is mm. quite cool. I really like the, the old-school Times Square that we say um, that's very yeah. different to what it is now. And I like the way that they use the radio to sort of confirm that they're now there and it's sort of, whereas he's listening yeah. to his little transistor radio and the stations are always different and every few minutes in the in terms of the film time. Yeah. And then we finally get the sort of New York, he's like a big kid and he's just... Yeah. <laughs> like an island. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I did, he gets into that really grotty old tower. And I sort of commented that, that they even had pay TV back then. It was like 25 cents or something to, to, to use the television. Yeah. <laughs> like British hospitals. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did note that uh, something you don't very often say in an Oscar winning uh, film uh, was a booby poster on the wall. Yes. <laughs> Which I questioned whether it was Marilyn Monroe, because it might possibly have been. Um, but they don't show the top half. They only show her from her boobs down. 
Yeah, so again, we get we get sort of the mute that earworm song is up again. We get it a couple of times, and, and so a nice little montage sequence of him sort of wandering around New York. And the, I did sort of comment, blimey, the prices at Tiffany and Co. must be bad if you have a bloke to pass out in the streets or die in the streets. Yeah. Because there's somebody face planted in there right outside the store. Yeah. You think, what the hell happened there? <laughs> somebody had a good night. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I did. Uh, I did write down at this point. Um, he looks like he shot himself when he's walking along the street. He's got the yes, that swagger. Yes, that sort of cowboy swagger. He's got. Yeah, and he's I did. Not, I, as he says himself. Yeah, I did write down. Was he the inspiration for the naked cowboy that has obviously found his home in in Times Square these days? <laughs> Who's not really naked? He wears a pair of pants. <laughs> I just, it's, uh, I love that where you getting to the, to the chorus now, that, that really cringy sort of Statue of Liberty line he's using to try and get yeah. an awesome old woman with money. It's just, <laughs> yeah, nice try, mate. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, again, I like though in all these sort of moments where we're looking at other characters through, through their eyes, they saw that those. The way that Schlesinger uses those cuts to sort of put you inside their imagination of how they see things might play out. Yeah. As opposed to what actually happens. Because um, there's a great one later on in sort of Miami, we'll see. But um, I thought that was nice. So you can see what's going through through Joe's head of how he envisions it going against what, what really happens. And he gets blown off by a couple of them. Yeah. Um, before he finally, he does, he does, to get get one sort of woman to, to take him upstairs, and you see initially that she's blowing him off, and then she realises that he sort of um, he sort of it is acting in by her. <laughs> it's the it's the little yeah the dog just sort of trying to pull his trousers down and got me. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's the ear licking that I it was just like oh no my stomach turned at that point. <laughs> and then the the TV remote sex is just hilarious. Yeah. That sequence. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wrote down it's a really strange juxtaposition with the TV flickering. Yeah, all these different random channels every time <laughs> they roll across the remote. I think it's pretty. <laughs> well, the reality is, it'll probably end up somewhere painful and get stuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love that, the way that all plays out is where it's sort of um, where he'd gone there to try and sort of get money for, for having sex and she basically wants him to lend her money to go downtown <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. awkward <laughs> uh, and, but then he just he has to think on his feet doesn't he then and sort of pretend that, he, that it was alright uh, well that didn't go down very well because um, at this point it's like we haven't seen Hoffman yet and we're like 20-25 minutes into the film yeah. yeah and on that note my next note this is now the third film we have reviewed with Dustin Hoffman in we did Rain Man yes um, and what was the no Kramer versus Kramer of course Kramer versus Kramer yeah. yeah so this is now the third best picture winner that Dustin Hoffman has been in that we've reviewed. Yeah, I'm trying to think whether there's any more that we've reviewed. Off the top of my head. So yeah, so well, he's, he was very prolific, wasn't he? I mean, that sort of yeah. 70s, 80s period. Uh, of course, yes, yeah, so we we meet him in the bar, and and not long after we first met, we we get that iconic scene where 
Yeah, I'm walking here, seeing and uh, yeah, we're walking here, wherever. And, and and apparently that that wasn't like the first take, and it was just it was it was part of a regular take. They'd done two or three different takes, I believe, to this point, and then it just happens to to they walk around this bloody taxi, <laughs> and, and uh, he just he manages to stay in character and sells it so well, and that's the cut they used. And it's yeah. it's really good cut. It's very realistic. Um, <laughs> funny, but uh, we've just been doing a, a, a record for another podcast where I, I mentioned the um, the Hollywood screen cough. Yeah, <laughs> we get one in here as well. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> here yeah. we go. Sort of rule of thumb: if if one of your characters seems to have a cough that won't go, that never ends well, does it? <laughs> no, no, definitely. Um, He's always some sort of character, but he, yeah, he, he's clearly you can tell he's not had a great life until this point. As he sort of, no, he's got this limp and he's got bad teeth and he's got this terrible cough. Um, so, he, but he's, but we also find out, of course, that he's quite savvy and sharp himself, and he basically does go out of twenty dollars, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Just when you think that that's possibly it, like he's done it dirty <laughs> and. Then it's yeah. like, oh no, they're going to be best friends for the rest of the film. Yeah, well, eventually. Yeah, um, but it's the fact that he goes back and uh, just an aside. I, I noticed that there's a shot of the twin towers at one point, and that was quite quite sobering to see that. Yeah. Um, but it's the fact that the, he does catch up with him eventually, and sort of uh, he decides to sort of you start sort of giving him clients and stuff. <laughs> and he goes, they get, sends him to that bloke. You, you kind of think it's going to go down the sort of the sexual route. In the end, he kind of wants him to pray with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a bizarre scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some very strange scenes throughout this this yeah. bit. Of, well, as you I, say, I mean, you've got the baptism stuff. Yeah. Again, so um, it's cutting to him and, and obviously having... He's got issues with religion and, and religious experience and, and it's painful yeah. to him. So that stuff is really good and really well done throughout the film, actually. Yeah, that sort of using those flash because flashbacks can be overused, and there's a lot of them in this, but they do serve a purpose this time around. Yeah, they do. My my only issue is that it, it's it's not particularly well filmed the flashbacks, and I found it very hard watching them. It was quite hard on the eyes to mm. watch how they tried to differentiate between what was going on now and what was flashback. Mm. It was it was mm. very washed out. And was yeah. was kind yeah. of difficult to to actually watch. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that is a tool that they often use, actually, isn't it? Yeah, sort of I think watch, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just of the time that mm. the the quality wasn't great anyway. The picture quality isn't brilliant in this film, um, and and to do that on top of it was just very hard on the eyes. Uh, I found, but the, uh, well, I like that we're getting, we are getting from these, from all, from that intercutting and all those flashbacks. But there, he's clearly, he's, he's a messed up individual for what. Yeah. We still don't quite know why, because we haven't seen that big explosive flashback in this entire. Yeah. Yet. But we we do know that he's clearly not had a great life up to this point. He sort of ends up living with his with his nat, and then we find out later on, after the major incident, that he went off to the army and she died when he was basically wasn't around. So you can tell that he's not had a great life that's, that's left him as this sort of yeah. loner dishwasher come come hustler. Um, 
we, in that bit before he, he finds Rizzo, there's that scene where the um he goes to uh to a diner and you know, I think he's a coffee, and uh, there's a mum there with a kid and she's got this like this this rat or toy rat just sort of running around his face and her face, and and the film is just peppered full of these very odd characters doing very odd things. It's a really interesting study of sort of grimy street level New York. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some strange stuff. Obviously, we also get that scene in the in the cinema as well at this point. Um, Babylon, yeah, Balaban, yeah, yeah. which is just what the do from Close Encounters. <laughs> yeah, which is just weird. And for a film from nine from the nineteen sixties, it's pretty much past the mark of of no return at this point. Um, mm. And it just amazes me that it was even picked to be <laughs> nominated. Because um, it just yeah. seems so out of um, the Academy's <laughs> wheelhouse. Yeah, apparently John Wayne wasn't very impressed and it won Best Picture at the time. No. <laughs> I'm well, not going to repeat what he said. I'm not going to repeat no. what he says because we're, it, it's not, not particularly nice and so particularly sort of of the of of the of the, the viewpoint now. But um, yeah, he, he was less than sort of complimentary about it winning Best mm. Picture. There was some really uh, quite a nasty comment actually. But there we go. Um, yeah, so like I say, yeah, so that scene in the um, in the cinema is really sort of uncomfortable. Um, and then the bloke tries to sniff. But, sorry, excuse the pants. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said that, I realised where that was going. <laughs> um, I think he already then had. Then I was going to say screwed him out of his money, but the, again, that doesn't work either. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, every everything I want to say is, is a play on that. Yeah, he's basically conned him out, out of a blowjob yeah. or, or, or a sock job. And you, you twat. But he almost <laughs> feels like he wants him to beat him up in the toilet. Yeah. yeah. such I, an odd little character. Yeah, I did say that um, pain seems to get him going. Yeah. And again, that's something we'll see from another character yeah. later on as well. Um yeah, it's just this film. It's just peppered with these really grimy, oddball, interesting sort of support characters, and we'll get another bunch of them in a minute um, when we go to this party. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, there's a. And then we get to see Rizzo takes him back to sort of um, where he lives. Now they've caught up with each other again, and that place is awful. That condemned yeah. building. It's, oh, I was watching it and just cringing at that kitchen area that, yeah. they're, that they're in. Nasty. And I, I will say at this point, Hoffman's accent is really quite great in. It's so <laughs> over enough, the I've just top. Got to my, yeah, I've just got to a point here where it says that Hoffman's very good in it, but the, his voice, his Rizzo voice, and, and that sort of expanded accent, it's really great in, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's really hard to stay with him. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Well, again, that irritation is down to Hoffman actually putting in quite a decent performance. So, and how those two become friends despite that. Yeah, that that building is just vile. Uh, And then we finally we get get to the build up now to 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 the the main flashback, um, and where we finally see that sort of what happened with his wife, stroke or fiance or lover. And himself, where they both basically get gang raped, and yeah. it's nasty, isn't it? It's- yeah, it's 
It really is. As I said, it's not, it's really not an Oscar winning picture in any way, shape, or form. And I think this just kind of tops it off. Yeah. yeah, in terms of the tone compared to what we've seen before, yeah, yeah, um, and so you can you can see why the sort of again that's why he's got issues with hasn't he with sort of being with blokes and stuff. And yeah, it's, and, and of course then the payoff on that being that she's basically carted off to to be presumed to a mental institute just on the back of what what I went through, uh, and then of course that um that you see that he went off to obviously joined the army. Came back and, he, and his nana died. Yeah, the bloke's not had a great life up to this point. <laughs> we do get one little nice comedy moment amongst all this, where um, we're often trying to do that. Open that coconut. Yeah. <laughs> he basically just has enough, and he puts it on the window to go and break it, doesn't he? <laughs> he falls yeah. Down and it breaks and the I, and I said, all the bits. It was only forty <laughs> cents for a coconut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think? Was that worth it? And then those kids are laughing because they've they've had the um, they've had the benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's a rare sort of comedic moment, really. I think in what's quite a, a yeah. grim film, isn't it? For them, for the most part. Yeah, and I will say about that party. All of a sudden, there is a lot of tits on show that yes, we haven't yes, seen of course, yes, the, Um we saw it, yeah, just before we get to that court, the part, of course, we, we go and see him doing a shoe shine. And of course, we find out yeah. his dad was a shoe shine man and he didn't want to get into it. Um, but then we get the sort of um, Brenda Vaccaro pops up, and even then, he sort of we get the sort of invite, don't we? To the well, just before that, we get the invite to the party when they're in the um, canteen in the cafeteria, and, and they yeah. sort of clearly based on Andy Warhol, isn't he? That guy, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very much a film born of the the 1960s by this point yeah 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 and so they're just handing out invites to interesting looking people yeah um but, and that party itself is just wild it's just, yeah I've <laughs> groovy and horny <laughs> it's like a staff you convention in 2000 <laughs> yes yes especially like, yes we'll that i posted earlier um, and uh, yes, we see Brenda Vaccaro at this point, who, who popped up in a film we reviewed on another podcast many moons ago on, on, in, in Supergirl, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, and a much younger version of her in this. Uh, I, I just know that, that she reminded me a bit of Scarlett Johansson at times, and there's that similar sort of look to yeah. her face. Um, <laughs> Joe Cos gets up doing a split. <laughs> we get. And like I say, in this whole sequence, we get Dopey Joe, then Floppy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's been Sloppy Joe for most of the film. He's Sloppy Joe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because of course he takes Brenda Vaccaro back to the, back to the hotel. And yeah. He obviously couldn't perform. Um, I love that the, they do that, the, the word game thing, uh, and, and the way the words are set up is deliberately sort of set, supposed to suggest one thing, and she clearly thinks that he's gay. Um, yeah. I think... I think it's like the first word he puts man and then I think money coming the other way or something like that. And you could see, yeah. you could see the cogs in her brain, how they're working. Yeah. After what he's drawn to. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just what he needs to burst into life. <laughs> and he goes, pretty much goes for it, doesn't he, at that point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, enough that um, he was going to get some more work out of it, or so he thought. Um until he gets back to um, 
to Rizzo's apartment. And man, he's really sick now at this point, isn't he? He looks yeah. so ill. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a very hard work, and I've I've written down that it's um, surely he's going to die, and I wrote that like ages ago, way before <laughs> we even got there, because it was just yeah. it was signposted that that's what was going to happen. So um, we do get now get he just likes to go out and try and get get a client to get some money out of various bits of his. And of all people, it's played by Barnard Hughes, who was the grandpa in Lost Boys. No. <laughs> oh, looking, looking very much different in this version in this film. Um, but again, he, he's an, he seems to be another weird guy. He sort of gets off. Uh, on Joe kind of beating him up at one point. Um, yeah. he, he tries to sort of hide his money, doesn't he? And, and Joe sort of tries, basically robs him. Um, but interestingly, that whole sequence finishes with a suggestion that Joe's actually killed him. The way they yeah. just they cut cut away, don't they? Yeah. Because um, then now we're getting towards the, the end of the film, and and both guys, uh, Rizzo and Joe, are on this bus, and he sort of Rizzo even mentions it to him, and, and he won't answer him properly, will he? And, and so you're something. Jeez, did he actually kill him? Um, but I like the film doesn't really tell you. Yeah. It, it leaves it for you to decide yourself. I kind of like to think that he maybe didn't. He just sort of he stopped himself. But there we go. Uh, we'll never know. Uh, and I guess Rizzo's really on his way out now at this point. You think, oh, I wouldn't want to be sat next to those two. On the bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, it's, yeah, it's quite clear that he's, he's not in the best condition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then of course the earworm song comes up again. Yeah, um, but of course we, we do see some character growth in Joe because then he, he basically dumps the cowboy persona when they pull off. Yeah, which I'm, I'm glad that he does that. Yeah, that he doesn't keep yeah. keep with it. Yeah, he puts it all in, puts all the uh, the gear in the bin, and he's quite snazzily dressed, isn't he? So he's obviously now yeah. he's moving on to the next stage of his life, which is kind of the whole point in terms of the film of, of his relationship with Rizzo. Yeah, but unfortunately he's gonna be in Florida on his own because we get a sort of classic again ironically one of the only bits of the film I've seen its entirety is the ending uh, of this sequence where Rizzo basically dies on the bus and um, and it's a very very downbeat ending really yeah um, there's some nice shots in there of irony as well you see the sort of the Miami sort of shots in the reflected in the in the window yeah. as they go past as I, I said, going, nice going to Florida before Walt Disney World had even opened, there wasn't many wow. people that were doing that at that point. No, no. Didn't open for another two years after this film. Yeah. 1971. Uh, wow. There we go. So they must have been building at that point, presumably. Yeah, they? I would assume so, yes. yeah. Wow. And it's sort of, it's weird how the film sort of just falls away with that last scene, doesn't it? It's yeah. sort of just on the bus, and then the credits kick in, and the music starts, and we're at the end of the film. Um, yeah. But again, it, for me, it's, it's in keeping with the kind of unusual sort of way in which the story is told throughout. Um, yeah, really interesting editing, use of sound, uh, use of music. Um, so I think it's probably the first time I've seen it in its entirety, and. I don't want to say it was an enjoyable experience because it's not an enjoyable film from a narrative point of view. No. Um, it's a really gets into the underbelly of New York and uh, and 
the more grimy elements of New York. Um, but it, I think it's, it's really quite a powerful film. Um, and it's one I recommend that people see if they haven't seen it, if they want to go with completists like us. Um, yeah, I say it's not entertaining in, in, the, in the conventional sense. It, it's, I want to say it's probably a worthy winner in terms of what they're trying to do and just, just to get that nar narrative out there. Um, Score-wise, for me... I don't think it's the greatest film that a lot of people rave about. Um, that's there are elements in there that, that I struggled with. Uh, and I probably would come out at around about 80% for this. Uh, I'm going to be really harsh then. Oh. Compared to you. I've not really got a lot else to add that I haven't added throughout the, the episode. Just my final notes. It's what a strange film. It, it never really goes anywhere. It's very well mm. acted, but it's a story of never-ending failure. Then he never yeah. really comes out of where he was. We don't get a, a happy ending for him. He's still in exactly no. the same position as he was the, the, throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, the only difference being that he's cleaned himself up a bit, doesn't he? Like say, he's yeah. ditched the cowboy persona. Yeah, and he's just headed off, and again, he's on his own, like he was at the start yeah. of the film. Um, mm. So, yeah, for me, it's only a 62 I wrote down because wow. it just, for me, it just didn't catch my attention. It was, it was very much the same story throughout. It was him yeah. trying to build something and failing, trying to build something, failing. Um, mm. And it just, for me, it's, it's not the sort of film that I believe should be winning an Oscar. Um, mm. Just completely out of the Academy's wheelhouse for me. Um, and just yeah. seems a real oddity in, in winning. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I mean, my, my preference that for that out of those films are, are the ones I would be butchering Sundance. I think it's great. Yeah, I agree. Popcorn film, and, and we we see this quite often, don't we, with the Oscars that we'll, we'll get a real <laughs> what we would call a critic wank film. Yeah, uh, against a more sort of. Um, Populist film and Butch and Sundance being in that element. It's a cracking film, and I, I need to watch that again now. Actually, on the back of doing this record, yeah. it's been a while since I watched that. Uh, right, so I suppose at this point we should just sort of have a look at what we're going to do for the next two. Yeah. So let me roll the dice. So the first one is 1982. So let me search it. Oh, that's going to be some like terms of endearment. Or was that the year before? It would be chariots of fire. Ah, chariots of fire. Oh, it was a year. <coughs> Which I haven't and seen for like five years. I saw it in the cinema one night. Our next one is 1944. Mrs. Miller? Which is. Uh, let me just find it. Just doing it. And that would be, and interestingly, it wasn't Best Picture. It was the Outstanding Motion Picture that year. And that would be Casablanca. Oh, Casablanca. Interesting. So we've got two big hitters this month. Yes. It's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. And yeah. fairly long films as well, I believe. Yes. So Both films that I should be rewatching. So yeah. I've only have seen Casablanca once in its entirety, but so I'll be yeah. I so, yep. actually went to see Charity Fire at the cinema 
few years ago on a re-release. Yeah. All right, cool. Right, well, I suppose at that point, that literally leaves just to say thank you for joining me and thank you all out there for listening. And we'll see you all again next month. See you next time.